1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You are lighting up our phone lines at the doctor. Pepper call the line at 888 espn 888 729 Who is going to be harder to replace? Is it Nick Saban retiring from Alabama or Bill Belichick mutually agreeing to lead the New England Patriots after 24 years? Harry believes it's Nick Saban. I believe it's Bill Belichick. Your phone calls about 10 minutes. Give or take a minute or two at 888-729-3776. Which head coach will be harder to replace when it comes to Nick Saban, Alabama, or Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots? Meanwhile, in New England, they had the press conference today about Bill Belichick and the Patriots agreeing to part ways after 24 years. When Robert Kraft said this, I would have loved to see seen the look on Bill Belichick's face about how this move was needed.
2: Bill mentioned yesterday uh, we met and mutually agreed to part ways amicably. And like a good marriage, a successful head coach-owner relationship requires a lot of hard work. And I'm very proud that our partnership lasted for 24 years. I don't think in the NFL there's been any other partnership that lasted longer and has been as productive as ours.
1: That's the part that jumped out to me, Harry Douglas. In any partnership, it requires a lot of hard work. I know from Bill Belichick, I'm thinking, are you saying that you were working harder at this than I was? For the past 24 years, we were able to be part of six championships and nine AFC championships and nine Super Bowl appearances. Robert Kraft said that, and as Kevin Hart likes to say the comedian, he said it with his chest. This required a lot of hard work. Robert Kraft wants somebody in there to not make it as hard it's been with Bill Belichick, especially the way they have not been a winning team in the last four years. Well, when, when
3: you have a guy like Bill Belichick that's detail-oriented and every little small thing matters, because a coach once taught me, hey, if you allow small things not to be relevant or, you know, you value those small things, they turn into bigger things. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, things are crashing but with Bill Belichick, and, and, and I thought it was phenomenal by Chad Brown talking about how detail-oriented right. Bill Belichick was. I thought it was phenomenal this morning on oh, Get Up hearing Damian Woody and and
1: Louis Riddick, Lewis Riddick yeah, and, and Teddy
3: Bruschi. Those guys talk about the fine details mm-hmm. because when you can do the little things right and you value those things, bigger things are easier to deal with. It's the little things that creep up on you, and next thing you know, make you fall.
1: Right. I like that. Little things that creep up on you. All of a sudden, you have a big, big fall if you're not careful. Robert Kraft was tired of this big fall happening, where the falls of New England were not the good falls last four autumns at the beginning of the season, towards the end of the season. So, Bill Belichick, Patriots, they've agreed to mutually part ways. So, what is next? Or maybe... Who is next for New England, replacing Bill Belichick? Before you hear what he has to say, check out what Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, had to say about this on Get Up.
0: They now embark on their first head coaching search in a quarter of a century. When they last mm-hmm. traded for Bill Belichick, there was no Rooney Rule in place. Mm-hmm. They haven't mm-hmm. gone through a head coaching search in the modern day. Their last three coaches have been Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Bill Parcells. That's a pretty good track record. For Robert Kraft. They're going to try to duplicate it. I know that we've brought up those three names of Brian Flores and Mike Vrabel and Gerard Mayo. I think the list starts with Gerard Mayo. We start there.
1: Okay, where does your list start, Harry, regarding the success of the Bill Belichick after 24 years?
3: Yeah, so I have two guys as 1A and 1B, and I'm gonna go with Gerard Mayo. He's a guy that played for Bill Belichick uh, got drafted in 2008, my draft class, uh, first round, 10th overall. He was a defensive rookie of the year, Super Bowl champion, first team All-Pro. But we know he's been coaching since 2019 to the present day for Bill under Bill Belichick in that defense and being able to put his little twist on things uh, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal player, phenomenal coach. And secondly, right beside him, I'm ha- I have Mike Vrabel. And the reason why Vrabes is on there for me is because you had proof in the pudding yeah. that Vrabes can get it done, mm-hmm, right? With a different organization sure. on top of, you know, the Tennessee Titans going to New England when they had Tom Brady beating them as a wild card team and moving on before beating the number one seed at Baltimore Ravens. You also had another instance in which. You know, Vrabel played Bill Belichick in the regular season, and he was able to defeat him. And that's when we seen him do some of the same things that we see Bill Belichick do to other coaches. Mm -hmm. He actually did it to Bill Belichick. So if you have a guy that has been a part of the organization previously as a player and you know this guy is a valuable coach and he's proven it on the head coaching level, I think you have to strongly consider that guy. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, I got Gerard Mayo 1A. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mike Rabel, 1B. Mm -hmm. I think they're on the same playing field to me.
1: Both of those guys can relate to the modern football player in these modern times. There's no doubt about that. They're young enough but still hard-nosed enough where they can do that. So I'm not going to disagree with you as far as that goes. And I hate telling grown people what to do. And Robert Kraft's a lot older than me as an owner of an NFL team. But if you're Robert Kraft, yeah, those two guys should be on your list. You better make a call to Jim Harbaugh to see if he's interested.
3: Oh, you didn't drop the bombshell.
1: You better make a call to that guy. That guy is ripe and ready to do what he believes he should have done before. That is win a Super Bowl championship in the National Football League. He talked about that, not ad nauseum, but you could just see the happiness on his face. I finally get a chance to sit at the big boy table. My dad won a national championship. My brother won a Super Bowl championship. Now I got a championship belt of my own. I'm no longer sitting with the little kids and I get the last piece of cranberry sauce at the bottom of the can. At least I get a chance to be first online, line or second online, as far as that goes. He is desperate, in my opinion, to add a Super Bowl championship because he believed that was going to happen before they ran him out of San Francisco. And he's interviewed a couple of times with different NFL teams the last two to three years. If I'm Robert Kraft and you want to talk about a guy that can definitely relate to a, a football player in the 21st century, Gerard Mayo definitely can do that. Mike Vrabel, I know can do that. But a guy like Jim Harbaugh, what he did at Michigan and what he did in the NFL – Robert Kraft, make at least a phone call. Have him tell you no. Don't assume that Jim Harbaugh does not want to be considered for a prime job like this because we've seen he can build stuff from the ground up and make you a championship contender sooner than later in both the NFL and in college football.
3: One of the main things that stood out to me when it came to Jim Harbaugh this season is how he always brought things back to his players and his coaching staff talking about J.J. McCarthy and how he's the best Michigan quarterback of all time, Mm -hmm. giving love to his players, Sharon Moore, Jesse Mentor, the defensive coordinator, instilling that confidence in his players at all times. But those guys on the coaching staff and also the players knew that their head coach was going to have their back no matter what the circumstances were. Absolutely. And listen, that, that cannot be taken lightly. I'm a former player, Freddie, and I'm telling you, when, when you have a coach like that, mm-hmm. that has your back through thick and thin, no matter what the circumstances are, right. you would do any and everything for that guy.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because that was something that he was accused of not being in San Francisco, that players went in spite of him. Maybe he has definitely learned that lesson, that you can't have, it, it can't be, if I'm the common enemy and the players band together, then that's good. I wonder if Jim Harbaugh has learned that lesson from San Francisco because you're right. Those Michigan players didn't win in spite of him. They wanted to win for him. They wanted to win with him, not because of him. And that's a big difference, the way things were going with the San Francisco 49ers. I love being on this team, but I can't stand that guy. Man, I love playing with my boys here, man, but that coach is a pain in the you-know-what. I wonder how much of that lesson, Harry, that he has learned That when he gets another opportunity to be an NFL head coach, it's not going to be the way it was where guys went in spite of him this time around, they're going to win with him and win for him like we saw at Michigan. And it
3: should have been evident at Michigan because whenever you have your head coach miss six games, but your team is still able to win those six games, and you look at a Penn State game when they faced uh, number 10 Penn State at the time when they played them, and you don't throw a pass in the second half. And you're able to win the game. You don't have Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, and you're able to beat number two Michigan. I mean, excuse me, number two Ohio State. Yeah, that tells me that the leadership and everything internally was tight knit, and Jim Harbaugh did a great job of setting the standard and letting everyone know what the standard was, and building a phenomenal culture at the University of Michigan when it came to their football program.
1: Well, now the New England Pages have to do something they have not done in a long, long time. 25 years since the last time they had to go look for a head coach. They won't lack for candidates. They got one in-house in their linebackers coach, Gerard Mayo. They may have one outside of that house, a guy that knows that house when it comes to Mike Grable who played for the organization. But, yeah, they might have to make a call to a certain guy in Michigan who has a championship belt around his waist. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I am Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at ColemanESPN, part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But who's going to be harder to replace? Is it Nick Saban at Alabama or a guy that he learned under when they were coaches together in Cleveland, Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots? Harry believes it's Nick Saban. I believe, on the other side, it's Bill Belichick, what about you? There are no wrong answers, just wrong people at Triple Eight Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine on three seven two nine three seven seven six. Stephen in Alabama, harder to replace as a head coach. Saving Alabama or Belichick in New England, and why?
4: Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good, my man. So
5: uh, I think it's going to be saving just simply because kids now can go wherever they go, but back in the day, they used to go to school. For the school, for the name of the school, now they go either for the coach or where it's going to get them, you know, to the NFL, of course. But my, my thinking is it's going to be it's going to be saving based on that.
3: Yeah, I think when you look at NIL and how kids are also able to transfer and hit the transfer portal, that's a whole other dynamic, and and I, and I think the playing field is becoming more leveled now. Because of NIL and the transfer portal, I mean, you look at teams, you see what Dion was able to do with Colorado. You look at Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin, and how he was able to dip into the transfer portal
1: after I, complaining about it in the offseason.
3: Oh, don't don't you get me started, Freddie? <laughs> don't you get want, me started on him? My
1: first take that day when he pulled yeah, that nonsense at yes. SEC media days. I remember you that
3: right about that one. But also, even a guy like Nick Saban bringing in a Jamison Williams, right? A Jameer Gibbs that transport portal man is a, is is in that NIL situation is a different ball game when it comes to college sports and the landscape of it when you talk about the playing field being leveled mm. and also having parity i i thought it was phenomenal for college put football this year that we had a team from the Big 12 in the college football playoffs the Big 10 the SEC and the Pac 12 I understand the Pac 12 is no longer going to be upon us after mm. this season yeah. but it was phenomenal to see the parity ac- across college football. Now you're going to a 12-team playoff mm-hmm. on top of that? Right. It's going to be harder to win a national championship or repeat or a three-peat. It's already hard to win one as it is, but if you're not on your A game in this 12-team playoff, you're going home.
1: Well, you know what the NFL – I mean, you know what the college football playoff has done and NIL and the transfer portal? It's now the NFL just on a lower level. Yep.
3: Don't worry. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it'll get to – you know. American League, National League. It'll get
1: there at some point. Absolutely, because now you got it's free agency college football style, a college basketball style where where can I get the best deal? Where can I go for the least path of resistance where I can get some playing time? All those things are definitely factors. And now you got a 12 team college football playoff on top of that. It's now the National Football League when it comes to big time college football starting in 2024. Although Nick Saban told Reese Davis from college game day, That's not what drove him away from Alabama and college football.
2: It did not have any effect on my decision. You know, I've always been one that no matter what's happened through the years, you know, whether they went no huddle and you had to adapt to it, they threw RPOs and you had to adapt to it. Uh, We had a changing environment in college football. You know, my thing was always don't complain about it try to figure out what the best solution is so that you can compete well in whatever the environment is. And that's always the pro- approach that I've taken um, in the situation and circumstances that we're in.
1: When I heard that, Harry, that's a guy that's saying I've adapted enough. I'm too old to adapt to this. Now I don't want to adapt to, the, to this. Now I can do it. But at my age with grandkids and my wife, I want to devote more time to her. I'm still going to be around but this needs to be somebody else who's a lot younger and wants to deal with this, and maybe more adaptable to deal with this and deal with this, and, and compared to somebody like me when it comes to Nick Saban at seventy-one years of age.
3: And, and when you say seventy-one years of age, you think about how many years he's devoted to the game of football, right? So that means his wife, Mrs. Terry, she has to sacrifice and take a back seat. His kids had to sacrifice and take a back backseat. Right. When you're Nick Saban, you're able to retire, and now you can enjoy the people that you love the most, and they can enjoy you. That that that's huge, Freddie. Like like, uh, just imagine being able to retire and just spend time with your family.
1: Where mm-hmm. you don't have to go recruiting here no. and recruiting there, or be in a household here or or let, your, let an 18-year-old need tell them that we need your services because you can help us continue what we're doing here in Alabama. Sometimes the things you love are the things you need to get away from because other things are definitely more important. Jason in Illinois, thanks for hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Jason, which head coach would be harder to replace, Nick Saban in Alabama or Bill Belichick with the Patriots and why?
0: I think Nick Saban has to be the easier to replace because Alabama uh, sells itself. The SEC sells itself. The playoff committee loves Alabama. I think at the end of the day, they're going to be just fine. But, uh, (laughs) or no, I'm sorry. uh, The Patriots job will be easier to replace. Uh, Finding a replace for uh, Nick Saban. um, It's not difficult because the SEC and Alabama sells itself and um, the Patriots don't have to worry about that. They don't have a playoff committee, a football playoff committee <laughs> to decide whether they get in or not. So I think uh, at the end of the day, it's got to be easier to replace uh, Bilichek.
1: Okay. Uh, here's something to what you just said when it comes to the playoff committee and the college ball playoff. If anything, it might be a little easier for Alabama to get in than in previous years because of a 12-team playoff. You, you mentioned this earlier this week. With 12 teams, Be careful what you wish for about, well, now the SEC's not going to win every year. You might get six SEC teams in the playoff next year from top to bottom. Might. (laughs) All right.
3: (laughs) They wanted Pandora's box open. Like, seriously. Pandora's box will
1: be open. They all talked about there will be more money, but this will reduce the chance of, you know, the SEC winning a national championship. Be careful what you've wanted when it comes to more teams in the college football playoff. Because the big bad wolf, known as the SEC, they may increase their chances by getting more teams from that league in than the Big Ten, the ACC, the used-to-be Pac-12 that's no longer, and definitely the Big 12.
3: And it's significant what you're saying. When you look at the University of Georgia, Carson Beck is coming back. When you look at LSU, I understand that uh, Jaden Daniels is leaving, but I believe in Brian Kelly. Alabama. I know Nick Saban is gone, but mm-hmm. Alabama's going to be Alabama. Absolutely. Missouri took a major step in the SEC this year. Not just the SEC, but in college football, period. You have Texas and you have Oklahoma coming over as well. Tennessee, if they can get a few things together, they'll mm-hmm. be okay. And then did we even mention Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin?
1: No. <laughs> I mean. No, no. And they won 10 <laughs> games this year. Yep. Yeah. B- believe me. It is not going to be easy replacing either one of these guys. But just like the NFL, it is going to be that much harder to win playoff games in college football. It used to be you won two, you're a national champion. Now you have to win at least three. And depending on where you are, you might have to win four. Four extra games on top of a 12 potential 13-game regular season with 85 scholarships. They're going to find out war of attrition, how that matters in the NFL, and how are they really going to find out about that, trying to win a national championship in college football?
3: Look, those 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 young players that come into the National Football League as rookies, when they hit that rookie wall, Ooh. when you get to about game 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. you go ahead and you make it far in the college football playoffs. You shouldn't be hitting no rookie wall no more. You know what it feels like.
1: Mm-hmm. And not to mention going to class or if you decide to go to class in Ooh. college football. yeah, You got a lot of things going on in the campus. That's gonna make it even tougher to win a national championship. Jay in the great city of Boston at 888-729-3776. Jay, which coach will be harder to replace? Nick Saban, Alabama, or Bill Belichick from your town with the Patriots?
5: Gentlemen, it's gotta be gotta be Saban for a couple reasons. First and foremost, condition of the program right now versus the condition of the Patriots right now. I think Saban's been doing a better job lately in the NIL portal um era because his teams get better at the end of each year. If you notice how his teams progress to the year, he's actually coaching them up because he doesn't have the same people returning year after year. Belichick hasn't exactly left this team in any kind of shape where you'd say, wow, how are we going to get four wins next year? Who's going to get us four wins? Well, almost anybody get us four wins. But I will tell you this. Freddie, you stole it from me. I think... Harbaugh is the guy to come to New England. I think when you look at what you guys said about the last three coaches for the Patriots, how are you going to get somebody that's never coached a professional football game to take this team over? How are you going to bank what everybody in New England is dying for on someone with no experience? Belichick's football coaching tree hasn't exactly paid off. True. So I don't know if I'm ready to sign up for another guy like Matt Patricia or, or, or anybody else who's failed, it's got to be somebody who's going to bring something to the table. In the same respect, I don't see Bill going to some team with a losing season. I don't think the team that Bill Belichick goes to has a job opening yet. It's going to be one of these teams that falters this weekend coming because they're a playoff team who says, hey, our coach didn't get it done. Belichick probably could get a better opportunity of doing it than the guy we got. And going forward, if you're Bill and you're trying to grab that last 15 wins, you're going
3: to do that in Washington? <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's also <laughs> another reason why I mentioned Mike Vrabel, mm-hmm. because he's been to an AFC championship game. He's won the AFC South twice, right? He's been on the road – playing Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, Lamar Jackson in the Ravens, Tom Brady in the New England Patriots. He's done all these things. He's beaten Bill Belichick Mm head-to-head. So that's why I think he is uh, suited for this job with the New England Patriots moving forward as well.
1: I could see Mike Vrabel being maybe 1A and Gerard Mayo being 1B. I could definitely see that based on what you just said. And he did not learn how to be a head coach at the knee of Bill Belichick. He played for him, But Tennessee... They didn't play like the Patriots. They no. really really didn't. If anybody could be the anti Bill Belichick, but you're still going to get a hard nosed tough-minded team, Mike Vrabel could be perfectly set up for that. Although I still would make that call to Jim Harbaugh and make him tell me no more than anything else. Keep weighing in at 888 say ESPN 8887293776 which head coach will be harder to replace. I believe would be Bill Belichick in New England. Harry believes it's Nick Saban Alabama. What say you at 8887293776? And this was brought up by Harry Douglas and our producer Shannon Penn about the bother when it comes to Bill Belichick and why that could fuel him to be back in the NFL sooner than later. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem
1: call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM channel 80 and I tell you smart speaker to play ESPN radio so before we figure out who who's next going to take over Bill Belichick when it comes to being the coach of New England Patriots I believe Harry believes we're not the only that believes that Bill Belichick is going to be coaching somewhere. So before we get to in New England for Bill Belichick replacing him, how much do you think it bothers Bill Belichick, Harry Douglas, that Tom Brady won without him, but he has not been able to win without Tom Brady?
3: He's a competitor. So when you see someone in Tom Brady who won six Super Bowls with you, go somewhere else because you pushed him out of the door, and you haven't been able to have that success since Tom Brady left. One playoff appearance in the last four years. Mm-hmm. You don't think he think of, he thinks about that? He thinks about it just like I think about you know uh-huh. a certain play in the NFC Championship game every day of my damn life back from 2012. Bill will, Belichick will, thinks about it,
1: it. It will never leave you, huh? No, no. But no. those no. who don't know, explain that play. I'm
3: dying. I'm dying with it, man. Third and it was like third and two, third and three situation, and it's the drive we're trying to go down and win the game. And I had a wheel route through the defender down on the ground, butt naked wide open. But I knew the ball was in the air, but this particular time the ball got caught in the lights. So I kind of go in panic mode a little bit. Like, I know this game is on the line, and this is third down, so I have to catch this damn football. But if I would have caught it running in stride, it would have been a walk-in touchdown. Kind of panicked a little bit, was falling, still caught it, was first down, but we got stopped on like the 9, 10-yard line um, in San Francisco, coached by Jim Harbaugh, they went to the Super Bowl before, lo- uh, uh, bef- uh, before losing to the Baltimore Ravens. And his brother John Harbaugh.
1: Mm. I wish people could- I don't want people to see the pain on your face, but you just took me back oh. there, like like it just happened two seconds ago. What you just described, I'll, ne- I'll
3: never forget it. Because I, I literally thought that was our year to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, a lot of, a lot of yeah. people felt that way yeah. too. And I'm sure Bill Belichick probably thought, without Tom Brady, we're going to find a way to win because the Patriot way is the Patriot way. But you're right. He is a competitor. And Tammy, I thought, said it best on Twitter, at Coleman ESPN, and at H. HDogs83 when we asked the question, how much does it bother Bill Belichick that he couldn't win without after Tom Brady she put to infinity and beyond, like his Buzz Lightyear <laughs> from the movie Toy Story as far as that goes. Even Robert Kraft at the press conference, you knew somebody was going to ask it, and they asked it with their chest. Who was more important, Bill Belichick as a coach Tom Brady's a quarterback.
2: You know, why I love the NFL and why I think it's great for young people to play it, it's it's a great lesson in life because I don't think there's anything else, any other sport or any other experience that's as much team-based and collective-based as football. And I don't think... Either one of those two would have accomplished what they accomplished if they weren't together. I think they were both the best at their professions. And, you know, we were lucky to have them together for two decades.
3: I think the beauty of both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is that um, one of the things that Robert Kraft just pointed out, like football is such a team game. Mm -hmm. But. Mm -hmm. Once you peel back those layers of it being a team game and you have a special player like Tom Brady at the quarterback position, Mm -hmm. it makes everything that much more easier.
1: Yeah, You can't minimize great players. Nope. Especially at that position. And I don't know if the NFL has passed Bill Belichick by. I'm not even going to say that. But it's hard to win that Patriot way if you don't have playmakers in these times. You need a guy or guys that are impact guys, especially offensively, where you can't just out scheme people. If you're going to run the football, then you better have a Derrick Henry in your backfield. There's no doubt about that. You have to have that ability more than ever before to say, they got a great quarterback on the other side. We can defend him and not make mistakes on offense. Yeah, you can do that, but you better have guys that can make those impact plays. And Bill Belichick thought the Pagerweight did not need Tom Brady to make that work, and it was proven incorrect especially in the last four years without him.
3: Well, when you have that game changer at the quarterback position, I'm going to tell everyone to go back if you have NFL Plus, when you can watch all the NFL games. Go back to that Super Bowl when the New England Patriots played the Atlanta Falcons, and I want you to tell me how many different offensive plays that the New England Patriots ran, and you'll be surprised. They kept running the same plays over and over and over again. They was just getting to different formations, but running the same plays and picking on the duck on the, on the left side of the formation, which was Collins, Jalen Collins. They say, if we got a fish over here, we going fishing. We're going to go fishing. <laughs> they literally ran the same plays over and over again, just got to them different ways with different formations. But are you able to do that if you don't have a Tom Brady?
1: Or, or Julian Edelman. You know what I'm saying? So, or, or guys like that that can make those kind of plays and be those playmakers where, players you, had matter, the greatest, come, yeah, where you had the greatest come, comeback in the history of the Super Bowl. And that's why I believe there's no reason for me to believe that Bill Belichick's going to be sitting on the sidelines in 2024 because he knows he can still coach. But he better realize you're going to need some players to make sure those coaching methods are still going to work, especially when the Patriot way has to go somewhere else. Damon in Texas, he wants to weigh in on this at 888-ESPN, Big D, what you got on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio? Gentlemen, what's going on? How y'all doing? We're good, my man. How are you?
0: Man, I'm doing great sitting in here in 65-degree weather. Now listen here. I agree with you totally, okay? Look at all the great coaches, so-called great coaches over the years. It's always about the players. The league is a player's league. You can't do it without great players, in all seriousness. Phil Jackson did it with the Bulls. He did it with Michael Jordan and all those great players. He went to the Lakers. Tell me that Bill Belichick going to any other team is going to make a difference, maybe one or two games based on his detail, based on how uh, serious he takes his job, how well he coaches, how well he coaches up his coaches, that coach the other players. But if you got scrubs, bruh, I don't care what you what you're doing. If you if you fix Mercedes Benz for a living and all you got is a screwdriver and a pair of pliers, <laughs> you're not going to be that great of a mechanic.
3: <laughs> now, like to his point though, like a lot of coaches that I played for there sit up here and tell you, "Hey man, players make plays." And when you can have players that you don't have to sit up there and draw gimmick plays for and all that, man, listen, that that, that is a valuable Thing to have value, but now coaches matter. I, I do have to say that yes, they because do. Mm-hmm. coaches have to be able to orchestrate and be able to Absolutely. have that baseline and that structure for mm-hmm. those players to be able to thrive. But no at the doubt. end of the day, players make plays. So if you got the perfect defense for a perfect offensive play, well, if I got me a stud out there at the wide receiver position, it's not gonna matter because he a go getter. And if I got a quarterback to get it to him, mm-hmm. that perfect defense, it's not gonna matter.
1: You have not, I'm going to say this out loud, very rarely do you see instances of a decent coach and great players winning a championship. I think the last time you probably saw that in the National Football League was maybe 1996 the Dallas Cowboys, but Barry Switzer won with Jimmy Johnson's players. He was barely a caretaker on that team. That team ran everything. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, that, Emmitt Smith. That leadership that, that they had. That leadership they had that was Jimmy Johnson's core values of that organization allowed them to get across the finish line. You can have the best of players, but if you have a mediocre coach, there's only so far you can go. But it's even worse if you have a great coach and mediocre players. There's only so much blood you can get from a stone to use that cliche. If you're Bill Belichick, wherever you go, at your age, of course you don't want to be in a rebuilding situation again. You don't have that kind of time when it comes to football time, a lifetime when it comes to that. But if you're Bill Belichick and you still believe in your way, you better make sure that you realize this. You better have players to make that work it can't just be these diamonds in the rough and you hope they're going to exceed their draft grade Mm -mm -mm. if you have a stud and you can get a stud draft that stud sign that stud and employ that stud to make sure that Patriot way that's not a part of the Patriots is going to work in your next stop when it comes to Bill Belichick
3: well to your point Freddie the proof has been in the pudding the last four years with the New England Patriots
1: absolutely no doubt about that. Speaking of a guy who was great for Bill Belichick, Tom Brady did give him some love on Instagram with and I quote, I'm incredibly grateful that I played for the best coach in the history of the NFL. He was a great leader for the organization and for all of the players who played for him. We accomplished some amazing things over a long period of time, many of which will be hard to re- replicate. He worked every day to help us achieve the ultimate goal in the ultimate team sport. And although we were successful, some of the greatest lessons I learned were in the moments where we faced the most challenging adversities. He set the tone for the organization to never falter in the face of adversity and to do what we could do and what was in our control, which was to go out. And he put these last three words in capital, bold-faced letters, do our job. Tom Brady's love for Bill Belichick on Instagram. We'll see what Bill Belichick does without him, because Tom Brady showed I can win without him. Can he win without me? He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. We're going to look at the head coaching vacancies out there in the NFL, whether it involves Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, or somebody else. And we're going to give you the pro and con of each vacancy. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on Sirius XM channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven head coaching vacancies right now in the National Football League. We bring in our producer Shannon Penn. After I did the right kind of count, there are eight head coaching vacancies in the National Football League. And we're going to have Shannon Penn, our producer, give us a coaching vacancy, and we'll give a pro and a con in our own humble and solicited opinion about each coaching vacancy in the NFL as of right now with the Elite Eight. That's open. Shannon Penn, the floor is yours.
4: Yeah, we're going to start right at the top. News of the day. New England Patriots. Freddie, give me a pro and a con for the Patriots.
1: The pro for this organization is Robert Kraft, the owner, who is never satisfied. The con for this organization, no playmakers on the offensive side of the football which means you're going to need an offensive guy that can know what he's doing until you get the right kind of players in with the New England Patriots.
3: Yeah, for me, I think the pro is going to be the defensive side of the ball. They have some young talent over there to, to match up with some veteran players as well. Top seven defense in the National Football League in 2023, top five in 2022. Uh, the cons for me when it comes to New England, the skill position players, the lack of explosiveness but also the quarterback position to get them the football. So those are the two cons for me. All right, Harry, pro and
4: con for the Los Angeles Chargers job.
3: I would say the cons with the Ness on the end. I'm going (laughs) to go number one, cap space. And then number two, the age of some of their players. They're getting up there in age, so they're getting a little bit older. But the pro, in my opinion, is Justin Herbert, the quarterback position.
1: What he said. Let's move on. (laughs)
4: All right, Freddie, give me a pro and con
1: of the job there in Washington with the commanders. The pro is Terry McLaurin because he can play. You get him any kind of quarterback offensive system. That guy's had three straight 1,000-yard seasons, and he has not had a Pro Bowl quarterback throwing him the football. That's the pro. The con, still the stench of 15 to 20 years of Daniel Snyder owning this football team. It's going to take more than a minute to move past that stench, especially in that great area, of Washington, D.C., where plenty of football fans want to be invested in this football team once again.
3: Yeah, the pro for me is the skill position players. And when you look at Brian Robinson Jr., what he brings to the equation for that football team and the wide receivers, and then you look at the tight end uh, position as well, uh, they really have some pieces if they can get a quarterback, and that's my con, the quarterback position.
4: All right, Harry, pro and con of your for your Atlanta Falcons. Well, we already know what the con
3: is for my Atlanta Falcons. Hell, I've been on here screaming and hollering and and, and pulling my damn hair out, I'm practically going bald. And I'm not even going bald, but after getting gray hair. I had seen one gray hair in my beard the other day. Oh, boy. And, I, and, I, and that damn Desmond Ritter didn't cause my,
1: my, my gray in my beard Wait, this You year. got a gray hair and you don't have alimony or bad kids to blame it on.
3: No. So the con is that quarterback position. It's been a con for a lot of teams for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think one of the pros – for this football team is the young, phenomenal talent that Amen. they do have. So Amen. it's an attractive job if they can sure up the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to overkill that but I exactly agree with you on that one. Pros and cons of each NFL head coaching vacancy. We're doing that right now on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Duggs. I'm Freddie Coleman. We've gone through the Patriots, the Chargers, Commanders, and the Falcons. We have four left. Shannon Penn, who are that final four?
4: Freddie, give me a pro and
1: con for the job there in Seattle with the Seahawks. The pro is the culture that's still there, even though Pete Carroll's no longer the head coach. That's a complete pro as far as that go. The con is the culture that's there that Pete Carroll has put in place there, and you have to find somebody that's going to override that. Not saying togetherness is a bad thing, but that togetherness does not mean a championship. It's a both pro and con with the culture that's in Seattle right now.
3: Yeah, I would say the pro, Freddie, you hit it right on the head, the culture that's been able to be set there, but at the same time, The con for me is the lack of leadership within the locker room. And it's crazy because you can say the pro is the culture, and that's because for so many years we've seen Pete Carroll do it. I would also say a pro could be the fact that the job is open and you know a guy like Dan Quinn can come right in there and and reset everything uh, the way he wants to.
4: All right, Harry, next on the list, Carolina Panthers. Give me a pro and con for the Panthers. I think the pro for the Carolina Panthers is
3: that you can build things out your way. Mm-hmm. That's how far I think the Carolina Panthers are right now. Right. And the con for me with an S, cons, mm-hmm. would be the skill position players and offensive line.
1: Okay. The pro is the barbecue in downtown Charlotte. That's the only pro <laughs> of the Carolina Panthers right now. The con is their owner, David Tepper, because you've got to know what you've gotten yourself into when you accept the job, and that guy is your owner. And we know he makes a lot of knee-jerk reactions anytime he thinks about it. He thinks a lot with the Carolina Panthers.
4: All right, Las Vegas Raiders. Freddie, give me a pro, give me a con for the Raiders.
1: The pro for the Las Vegas Raiders is that they look like an organization now. They didn't look like that the last couple of years under Josh McDaniels. The con, they still need more talent, especially in the offensive side of the football.
3: All right, for me, the pro is Spirit Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and the con... <laughs> In the con... (laughs) I would say the, the quarterback <laughs>
1: position. You gotta explain the pro. You gotta explain it. You gotta explain We don't it. have time. I know
4: we do we lucky, don't have time. Lucky for you. We don't have time. <laughs> all right, quickly last, Harry, give me a pro and con for your Tennessee Titans. I say the con is the offensive line and wide receiver
3: position. The pro is is Jeffrey Simmons and how much of a dog he is on that defensive line.
1: The pro for me is Will Levis being the quarterback of the future. The con for me is that not enough team speed at all positions with the Tennessee Titans. Who can be the next Alabama like it was for Nick Saban for that long? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.